0: What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. So today, I'm going to talk about the Highway of Tears. That's Highway 16, way up north in Canada. Apparently, Canada has a fucking serial killer problem. It's been going on for over four decades. There's been dozens of girls and women murdered up there. More than half are Indigenous women, and for some reason, the RCMP haven't solved most of these cases. Have they not heard of the familial DNA situation going on that America keeps using to solve a bunch of its old serial killer and killer cases? Come on, Canada, let's get with it. Get into that Jed match crap, because I bet you could solve a bunch of these cases. But what's, what's with it? Why are there so many fucking serial killers up there in the woods? Kind of reminds me of the serial killers we got going on in like Washington, Alaska and Oregon. Something about the fucking forest, the cold, the isolation makes men lose their ever loving minds and have to go out and rape and murder women for some reason. Can we get a study on this? Maybe, maybe a peer reviewed study, <laughs> something. So this is such a long and detailed story that I obviously have to kind of bring you back to the beginning. So I'm going to try to set the stage for you so you kind of understand the full scope of what we're dealing with here. Highway 16 is fucking huge, okay, you guys? It is a stretch of 450 miles of highway. And it's a highway that's super fucking isolated, like in the forest, rural situation. Like you are in the sticks proper like straight up sticks, like I'm pretty sure the continental US doesn't even have spots that are as rural as these spots on Highway 16. So taking a little trip down Wikipedia Highway of Tears Lane, they state the Highway of Tears is a 450 mile corridor of Highway 16 between Prince George and Prince Rupert, British Columbia, Canada, which has been the location of any missing and murdered indigenous women and white women. I don't know why they're fucking leaving them out. It's basically the area of a lot of missing and murdered women. The phrase was coined during a vigil held in Terrace, British Columbia in 1998 by a woman named Florence Naziel, who was thinking of the victim's families crying over their loved ones. Now, there is a huge number, like I said earlier, of indigenous women that are missing from Highway 16. It's because something like over 20 indigenous, I don't know what they call them in Canada, but in here they would be called reservations, line this highway. The public transport is almost non-existent and a lot of people cannot afford personal cars. So they are kind of forced to hitchhike. And that's where the psychos come in. So nobody knows the exact number of victims. The RCMP think the number of victims is about 18 or fewer. But the indigenous people there are saying it's a lot more than 18. They're saying like 50, 60 victims probably. And the problem is back in the day, like when these murders first started happening like late 60s, 70s, 80s, even the 90s, The fucking RCMP tried to just say these women were prostitutes. These women were drug addicts. They just went off on their own. You know, the same old song and dance that police loved to use back in the day to get out of doing some work. And as always, I'm not trying to talk shit about the police. It was obviously a different time, but they fucking dropped the ball time and time again. So check this out. The first murder happened in 1969 but the RCMP didn't actually, like, link any of these cases until December 1998. The list of cases as it existed back then included three additional male victims, Larry Vu, Eric Charles Cross, and Philip N.S. Fraser. Um, Today, they're not actually linking these cases. There have been quite a few convictions on, you know, different cases for the Highway of Tears, and Three serial killers were among those charged. Brian Peter Arp, Edward Dennis Isaac, and Cody Lejabokoff. But even accounting those serial killers, that's what, like 12 of the murders tops? So that means there's some other fucker out there that is getting away with serial rape and murder. So I think it's time Canada gets on this uh, Jedmatch situation and starts doing some familial DNA and Catching some motherfuckers that like to rape, torture, and murder women. RCMP Sergeant Wayne Clary said that they may never solve all of the cases and that it will be the people in the communities that are going to solve these crimes. They do have persons of interest in several of the cases, but not enough evidence to actually lay charges. So maybe a bunch of small-ass podcasts, big podcasts need to start bringing more attention to this because there are so many of the cases that are not solved. And maybe if they go back, look at the evidence, maybe they can get some trace DNA since DNA has come such a long way since the 90s. So everybody just needs to open their mouths and keep talking about this shit until the authorities are forced to actually throw some money at it and get some testing done. So a lot of times a girl by the name of Monica Jack is claimed to be the youngest victim at 12 years old. She disappeared May 1978 while she was riding her bike near Merritt, British Columbia. The really fucked up part is her mom had actually seen her riding her bike and offered to give her a ride home, but Monica wanted to finish her bike ride, and that was the last time her mom ever saw her. Her remains were found like 15 years later in 1996. Gary Taylor Hanlon, who's a 67-year-old man, was charged in 2014 for her death and that of an 11-year-old girl, Catherine Mary Herbert who they say is unrelated to the Highway of Tears investigation. So, though Hanlon claims he is not guilty of killing Jack, prosecutors maintain that he confessed to the crime during a conversation with an undercover RCMP officer prior to his arrest. So that makes me kind of suspicious. Is there no fucking, like, I don't know, uh, DNA evidence or any other type of, like, physical evidence? Because I've seen one too many false confessions to believe just a confession. Henlon's trial began in 2018 in British Columbia Supreme Court. In January 2019, a jury found Handling guilty of first-degree murder of Jack. So that is just one of the many, many cases. One of the other ones was Alberta Williams. Alberta Williams disappeared August 1989 at the age of 24. Her body was found several weeks later near Prince Rupert, British Columbia, in two thousand sixteen, CBC News produced an eight-part podcast about her death entitled "Who Killed Alberta Williams?" There's hell of different podcasts about these cases. There are so many victims in this that there's absolutely no way for me to cover all of them. But if you go to Highway of Tears, just search that on any fucking internet. Um, it'll you know it'll say Missing People of Canada, and it literally lists dozens of these victims. I don't know if there is any reliable way to 100% get an accurate count of how many women, girls, men, boys, whatever, are victims on this highway, but it is definitely enough that you would think the authorities would fucking be shining a big-ass light over there and figuring out, A, who the fuck is living in this area, B, who is traveling through this area, And maybe start putting some decoy cops out there to catch these fucking lunatics. Like, really? I saw a video and one of the officers on the case just said he was shocked at the number of men that were actually capable of attacking these women and doing some of the things that they have done. One of the victims, one of the women died from bleeding out because there was such brutal force used in her rape. I can't even fucking imagine what that has got to feel like, not only just like the physical part, but the emotional fucking terror you've got to be going through. So I don't know. I don't know, guys. There's like I said, there's billions of podcasts about this. They say that they have a special task force on a case now, fucking 30 years after the fact. They just they lost a lot of time to the old fucking bullshit of, oh, these women are prostitutes. These women are drug addicts. They just ran the fuck off. So I don't know. It's time to catch up for a lost time and fucking get on the jed match. What do we got to do? <laughs> what do we got to do to point them in that direction? Now, if you go on Wikipedia, they actually list around 70, 75 victims of this highway with the youngest victim actually being like three years old. So, I'm not exactly sure why the police are only counting 18 victims when there is such a huge list. So, Savannah Hall was three years old, and they do say she died by homicide. She died January of 2001. She was found gurgling and gasping by her foster parents, Patricia and Thomas Keene, in their Prince George home. A leather harness, the sort normally used to teach toddlers to walk, would be fastened to her chest and shoulders. Straps would be then tied to her crib to keep her in place. The coroner's inquest, which was held, determined the cause of death was homicide, but no charges were ever laid. However, the Keens were taken off the Ministry of Children and Family Development's preferred home list for foster care. Thomas Keene subsequently attempted to sue the B.C. government for, for loss of profits due to the loss of income his family received from foster care after being removed from their preferred homes list. So apparently the Wikipedia list includes all homicides, not even just fucking you found some dead body on the side of the road. So that's probably why their list is so large. Oh, my God. It's a fucking mess. I don't know how to even begin to try to, like, organize the information and then even get to it. But I think DNA is going to be the fucking key in most of these cases. Time to get on it, homeboys. I do know in 2015, the Canadian federal government did organize, like, a task force or a national inquiry into the cases, but I'm not sure exactly what has come of that, if anything. So like I said in the beginning, the exact number of murdered or missing women is completely disputed. The RCMP only acknowledges 18 murders. But check this out. Of those 18 murders, 10 of them were indigenous women. And a lot of people say it actually took a white woman being murdered for the media to kind of pay attention and shine a spotlight on it. So, I mean, whatever the case, whatever... Tipped off the media to the fucking problem. I'm not gonna fucking try to be all race abating like uh, most other people. I don't give a fuck what set it off. Something set it off, and some people say it's a white woman. But now there's attention to it, and usually with media attention, dollars get thrown at it, and dollars get shit solved. Prior to the 2015 federal investigation, In 1981, the RCMP organized a conference to investigate the growing number of unsolved cases of murdered and missing women along Highway 16. They've named these cases the Highway Murders, and the cases involved women who either were found dead near Highway 16 or were at least seen in that area, often hitchhiking. Approximately 40 police detectives from BC and Alberta attended the conference. Close investigation of the cases revealed a number of similarities, including reports of suspicious vehicles. I've seen a lot of reports of a dark van, so I don't know what that has to do with it, but a lot of people in different comments on different sections of YouTube videos are saying there's hella reports about this black van. So while the Highway Murders Initiative identified prime suspects in certain cases between 1981 and 2005, women have continued to disappear or were found murdered along the Highway of Tears in British Columbia. So in 2005, Project EPANA, E-P-A-N-A, was kind of started in response to some of the commonalities between the murder cases of three women, Alicia Germain, Raxan Tayara, and Ramona Wilson. The British Columbia's RCMP's unsolved homicide unit created Project EPANA in the fall of 2005 to investigate other cases of murdered and missing women and girls in the area along Highway 16. The project was named in part after an Inuit word describing the spirit goddess that looks after souls just before they go to heaven or are reincarnated. According to the com, in 2005, when EPANA was first launched, the RCMP identified nine victims who had gone missing or had been found murdered along Highway 16, and that was between 1989 and 2006. They were Alicia Germain, Roxanne Tiara, Ramon Wilson, Elia Sarek-Agor, Tamara Chipman, Nicole Hoare, Lana Derek, Delphine, Nikkel, and Alberta Williams. All but one of these victims, Nicole Hoare, are indigenous. In order to broaden the investigation, the RCMP used a computer software system, VICLIS violent crime linkage analysis system, as well as other databases and missing person records. In addition, the geographic area under investigation increased from 724 kilometers, which don't worry, I did the math, about 450 miles, to 1,500 kilometers, which is about 930 miles. That there alone doubled their investigation area. So after doubling their area of investigation, it also doubled the number of victims from 9 to 18 all of whom were murdered or disappeared over a 37-year period, 1969 to 2006. The nine additional Highway of Tears victims are Shelley Basco, Maureen Moisey, Monica Jack, Monica Ignis, Colleen MacMillan, Pamela Darlington, Gail Ways, Micheline Parr, and Gloria Moody. There are so many other victims of the Highway of Tears. Uh, One of my followers, TJ Superman. Hey, what's up? He actually is from that area. And from what he says, the highway goes through forests of BC, mountainous, plus Vancouver Island has a higher percentage of missing young men, mostly indigenous people. There's also a native girl here that went missing 20 years ago. Our police, our CMP, know who was involved in the murder, yet they don't have enough evidence to bring him to justice. And he's talking about Lisa Marie Young, who was 21 years old when she went missing. She was born in 1981 and she went missing June 30th, 2002. She was last seen in the early morning hours of June 30th after attending a local bar. She met some male acquaintances at the bar, but her and her friends accepted a ride from another man whom they just met. She was last seen with that man in the vehicle heading to get some food. And apparently This guy, this man has now fled to Japan, which is apparently beyond the reach of Canada's justice system, which really sucks. Makes you fucking wonder what is going on in all these people's head where they got to rape and murder everyone. I know it's pretty clear that rape and murder, this type of a situation is like some deep seated power control, hatred of women, hatred of vaginas for some reason. God fucking fear the vagina. I got to kill everyone. But the more you talk to, like, local people up there, there's all kinds of these little stories that aren't actually attached to the Highway of Tears, but definitely belong there. One of the kind of outlier cases is the case of Doreen Jack and his family. His family is still kind of suffering the profound sense of loss and tragedy. Apparently, what had happened was Doreen Jack had been offered a job. On the evening of August 2, 1989, Doreen's husband Ronald met a man at a local pub in Prince George, British Columbia, where the man offered him a job at a ranch or logging camp. That night, the family prepared for the trip to the area of Ronald's new job. Around 1.30 a.m., Ronald called his mother from a resort located approximately 50 kilometers west of Prince George, B.C., on the Highway of Tears informing her that he, Doreen, and their two boys, nine-year-old Russell and four-year-old Ryan, were leaving for about two weeks. That's the last anyone has ever heard from the Jack family. It's like, how does a whole fucking family disappear? I remember a whole family here in California disappearing not too long ago. I think it was McStay family. And they found them all fucking shot in the head, bludgeoned in the head, and buried in the fucking desert. That was from an old business partner. But this case, there's been no leads. It hasn't been solved. I did briefly tell you about the EPANA task force. Well, they were able to get a breakthrough in the case of 16-year-old Colleen McMillan, who disappeared in 1974. DNA evidence linked American felon Bobby Jack Fowler to her murder. Unfortunately, that piece of shit died in an Oregon prison before he could be brought to justice. In December 2014, an arrest was made in the murder of Monica Jack. I talked about that a little bit earlier. Having confessed to the undercover cop, they basically just you know, prosecuted him on that confession. No new cases have been added to the RCMP investigations since 2007. They say the use of forensic evidence has helped investigators to arrest and charge some of the perpetrators and to keep the cold cases open. Since they started the EPANA task force, it's collected 750 DNA samples, conducted 2,500 interviews, investigated 1,413 people of interest, and administered 100 polygraphs. But it's like we don't have any more cases solved. What else do we need? If you go to highwayoftears.org, you can actually pull up documents and reports about the case. That It's basically just like a collection of the reports and documents law enforcement have made. There's an in-memory section where you can actually see some pictures of the victims and read about their lives. The most important part is an area where you can submit a tip. It actually is just uh, bccrimestoppers.com. But go there if you have any information. If you want to make a phone call instead, you can go 1-800-889-6855. Or you can email them at highwayoftears at csfs.org. So if you have any information on the cases I was just talking about or any of the other cases on the Highway of Tears, contact the authorities to the means I just told you about. Or you can email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail or you can go to the Instagram and search "vanishedinthevalley Athena." Not really active on parlor. That shit's far too buggy for my fucking patience. But yeah, that's the highway of tears, guys. I could have made this like a five-hour episode with all of the victims that have spanned since nineteen sixty-nine, but. A billion of other podcasts have done it. I just wanted to let you guys know what's going on. Look into it for yourselves, like I tell you with most of my cases. Go check it out, because it's a huge, convoluted, fucked up situation up there. And the women and girls are losing. And there are some men involved, but for the most part, it was women, young girls, young as 12 years old. And people just turned a blind fucking eye for decades because they weren't what the media portrayed as a fucking pretty woman or a good woman. They were indigenous women. They were poor women. They were women that had drug problems and they were women that were sex workers, but that doesn't make them any less. So submit a tip. Let's get some motherfuckers caught. So before I run away today, I have to tell you what's going on in Deutschland. A team of more than 1,000 lawyers and 10,000 medical experts, led by Dr. Rainier Fulmich, who is a leading German lawyer and member of the German Corona Investigative Committee, who specializes in prosecuting fraudulent corporations, has begun legal proceedings over the CDC, the WHO, and Bill Gates' allied World Economic Forum's Davos Group for crimes against humanity. Fulmick and his team indict the faulty PCR test and the order for doctors to label any comorbidity death as a COVID death as fraud. According to the prosecution, the PCR test was never designed to detect pathogens and is 100% faulty. The unacceptable test invalidate more than 90% of alleged COVID infections. So with that, if 90% of COVID infections are eliminated, where the fuck is the pandemic? These people lied. And I'm still to this day having dumb white bitches come to my Instagram account to tell me I'm a conspiracy theorist and I'm spreading conspiracy theories. When all these dumb bitches have to do is literally just fucking learn to read and maybe go read some of these emails between Fauci and his colleagues where he was warned multiple times about the gain-of-function research in China, about how the coronavirus was man-made and fucking engineered to be more deadly to humans. But apparently, Fauci didn't have time to read the emails. Apparently, it's okay that Fauci straight-up lied to Rand Paul when he was being questioned about the gain-of-function research, completely denying that they do the gain-of-function research. He also denied that they funded the Wuhan lab, even though there was a fucking... Clear as day money trail from Fauci's office to the Wuhan Institute. But just now, now all of this is coming to light. I'm just wondering like, all you dumb white bitches that want to come at me and fucking act crazy, have you ever read a book? Do you know how to critically think? Because I don't think you do. If you did, you wouldn't be fucking bootlicking the mainstream media's lies still at this point. I feel like you're a fucking Stockholm Syndrome patients, and you're fucking now loving your captors. Go get your COVID shot. Go get your blood clots. Do you? Stay the fuck away from me, though, because you motherfuckers are contagious after that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the spineless turtle Fauci. So far, I don't know if you guys have heard, but a lot of his emails have been released and... Some have shown that he had urgent, time-sensitive discussions about gain-of-function. He told colleagues retail masks don't work due to the size of the virus, ignored scientists who told him China was lying about the virus and the data, and he was well aware of the possible lab leak, which he called a conspiracy theory up until about two weeks ago. So it's all coming out. I honestly don't know, don't think think it's going to change anything in the minds of the lemmings slash sheep. They fucking are so far in at this point that if they maybe if they realize they've been deceived, if they realize this is all bullshit, their whole world's going to come crashing down because it seems like they've fucking wrapped their whole identity up and fucking wearing a face diaper. Don't know what that's about. I've got one more little fun fact for you guys before I run out of here. DARPA, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, funded Moderna Therapeutics for a grant of up to $25 million to develop messenger RNA therapeutics. So in 2013, that's when that grant money went through. They simply started calling it a vaccine so they can force it on everyone else. It's no more of a vaccine than fucking ivermectin or antibiotics or anything like that. But it really should make people wonder when fucking DARPA is getting involved in medicine and then politicians get involved. It's like, that's not setting off warning bells for half these motherfuckers out there lining up to get these shots. Really? Really? I I don't even know what to say. But moving on, before I run, apparently Biden is saying terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. This motherfucker, according to FBI crime statistics, that's a fucking lie. I mean, come the fuck on, last year, let me just tell you about some statistics for you. So, last year, 89 people died from supposed white supremacists. 227, so far this year, have died in Chicago from gang violence. Where the fuck is the white supremacist threat? Really? Really? Biden and these motherfuckers are literally tricking a generation of people into thinking that all white people are supremacists and they think they're better than everybody else. Because if you look at the movies, it's always white stories. If you look at politicians, it's white heroes. And it's like, really? Okay, look at fucking Hollywood. The shit has been mostly white from the start. You expect this group of mostly white rich people to start telling stories about people of color, stories they don't know, stories that are not their own, come the fuck on. Get some people of color in Hollywood and let them make some movies and tell their stories. Don't blame a bunch of fucking white people because we're telling our own stories. Shit. But that's about all for today's, <laughs> for today's, uh, bitching rant session. Um, Thank you guys for downloading and checking out the episodes. You can go to podbean.com and find me there. Leave a comment. I will eventually check them and get back to you at some point. And uh, hopefully all my episodes are working at this point in the game. But like I always tell you, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao ciao.